The setting for this lesson tonight is the Bible records that Jesus is the exact representation of the nature of God. He is the visible representative of the invisible God. You can't see God, but we can see Jesus. And of course, we can't see him with our eyes, but historically, uh, we can see him like we can see George Washington. We can see these guys because of the historical record and... uh, it's a real deal. It's, it's true. And so we can see Jesus. Hebrews 1.3 says it like this. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He also reflects... Uh, God in his words, his attitudes, his actions, his life. And uh, he is now imparting God's character to us. We often quote Romans 8, 28 and 29 in this church because we love, to, we love the fact that all things work together for good. And the good that it works together for is that we may be, may be made or remade into the image of the only begotten, the firstborn, or the eldest brother, whatever term you like in there. And and the Scripture says, so that we might be a family of many, many brothers and sisters, many siblings. The Father has a lot of kids. Um, So God's calling out His people. He's looking for those who are willing to allow His Holy Spirit to mold them. That's what we talk about. That's what we try to live. Godly character, godly or godlike character is what we're after. And uh, he is looking for that one element in his church that characterizes his people, his life. The church is so many things through the years. I, I, I dread the history of the church through the dark ages and stuff like that when the quote church unquote was so far from reality of what God is. That just makes me crazy. And I don't even like the word crusade, even though it's, it's a perfectly good word. I don't like it because of the crusades and uh, I need to get over that so I can go ahead and use a perfectly good word without that much discomfort, but I'm not over it yet. And uh, the church has been represented as so many things. And in our culture today, uh, the enemies of God are very careful to always uh, bring out the worst possible facts or at, at least rumors about the people of God, the church. And you, being a part of this congregation, are known as a redneck, right-wing, radical, narrow-minded <clears throat> so close-minded, you know, you're, you're one of those that the mosquito could land on the bridge of your nose and kick out both eyes at once. That's narrow-minded. And that's the way we're painted. Um, we need to be careful that we don't respond with our own <laughs> prejudices against those people who are so wrong. But they're wrong in every way. They don't have life. And so there's no reason for us to pick out one thing and say, well, look at that. Uh, 
as far as our own hearts are concerned. Keep your heart pure. That's a, that we'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, God's life lived out through us is what the church is all about. Jesus' life, if he were here in the earth today walking around, we want to be doing what he would be doing. We want to have the attitudes that he would have, respond to situations as he would respond. And that's who we are and what we're supposed to be about. So, this passage that I'm going to turn to in, at this moment in 1 Peter uh, refers to various trials and tests that we experience, and this is to help us uh, develop God's character. 1 Peter 1, 6, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Uh, Dave, would you check and see? I, I, I provided this PowerPoint, and it would be nice to have. Would you check and see if we can get it? That's a, that's a good trick. Now he has to run this thing while he runs another errand. Uh, but I want, th- these scriptures are so encouraging because when you suffer trials, suffer trials, and some of you have been through some deep water not that long ago. You may be in it right now. These things... Come so that your faith may be proved genuine, and your faith is of greater worth than gold, which will pass away even though it's been refined by fire. And the value of the gold, by the way, makes a good, a good kind of object lesson here. The value of the gold is increased by the amount of fire that it's been put through. And the power of the Lord is in us and we will bring praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, the abilities that we're talking about of God forming in us are not our natural ability. These are Holy Spirit-imparted characteristics worked out in those who have chosen to follow Jesus. So, if God's been prompting you in these areas or some others, uh, let's, let's fill up our heart uh, with faith and expectation that God would would bring forth what we need in our own individual lives, and every one of us need the specific plan that the Holy Spirit has for you. Your needs are unique. I'm aware more than any other person in the world uh, of me. And my needs and what, what I want the Lord to work on. And I'm sure there's stuff I don't see. They're called blind spots. But I, there are some of these things are not blind spots that I don't like. And the Lord wants those worked on and is willing to do that if, if my heart is open. And there is a, a passage before we get into this list. There is a passage in Philippians that's one of the most helpful 
wonderful things in the world about this business of uh, what God is going to do in us because we want to take hold of this and, and, and we read passages like Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And so we say, man, I'm after it and I'm just going to go to work. And you know how successful that is. You, you've been there and done that. It's just a really good way to get your knees all skin up, and if you're not careful, you'll skin up elbows and your nose. A fall is coming is what I'm trying to say because we do not have the ability to form Jesus Christ in us and look like God. Ain't here, ain't there, okay? You got that? So it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It is God who works, and, and the, what this uh, in you to will and act, he is, he is working in you to give you the power to choose, the will, and the power to do. So you choose the right thing and have the ability to do it in him and him alone. That takes the load off. We work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That just scares a legalist to death. And most of us have a very large legalistic streak. I think everybody has some, but some of us have more than our fair share. And, and boy, that just scares us to death. The perfectionism just rises up and we, our expectation is higher than the Lord. <laughs> Except it doesn't work. You just, you know, we, we, we know that. We know that because we know we can't save ourselves. But right after we surrender to the grace of God to forgive us our sins, we want to take hold of it and be good. If you just forgive my sins, I'll be good, Lord. <laughs> right. You might as well say, don't worry about it, God. I'm just going to forgive my sins because you have that much ability. We can't do this. It is God that works in us. He gives us the power to choose the will and the power to do his good purpose. Hallelujah. So let me make a list here. And uh, these are some of the things that God will form in us in the coming days. And uh, I, th I think as the, the coming of the Lord of course, it's closer, and, and if he doesn't come for 200 years, he's closer today than he's ever been. Okay, I figured that out all by myself. Okay, and of course, we don't think it's going to be 200 years. Uh, we might give him 200 days or 200 hours. We, it just looks like how much more can be set up in the Middle East, and of course, that's I, was, I didn't get a chance to listen to the news this afternoon, and I was asking Eunice if something about the news ref, referring to Israel and some of the stuff that the United States had done and so forth, because this is very, very important to me. It improves my prayer life, by the way, because when I see us putting pressure on Israel as a nation, that's really frightening to me, and I dig in a little bit more in prayer. 
Uh, maybe I should pray that way every day, but I don't. But I do some days. Now, let's just, let me just pick one here. Learning to accept abuse without becoming bitter. To face persecution without be- being defensive or hating your enemy. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting because we Americans have our rights. Bless God, I have my rights. And uh, if you want to see people can get really, really nasty, get in a church fight. And uh, they, whatever, you know, I'm, I'll, just let, I'll just leave that. Because the, the Spirit of the Lord, we are able to just push aside if it's my rights. Well, dear one, in Christ Jesus, you don't have any rights. So if you are abused, you can accept it. Now, there are good boundaries and so forth that, that you can work out with the Lord, but we, we cannot become bitter, we cannot be defensive, we cannot hate our enemy. Number two, we need to learn to be content without complaining. I'm talking about money. To live with the means God supplies. We, we are in a setting in our country where uh, we are taught that grand prosperity is, is the constant will for everyone of God. Well, I don't know. That's hard to prove like that. God blesses his people. God will meet needs. And he blesses some people with money. And uh, it does not turn their head. They are, they are faithful to give generously and so forth. And the rest of us may struggle from time to time. That can improve your prayer life. But contentment, here's the word, dear one, godliness. That is having these, this character of God formed in us, that godliness with contentment, that is the big bucks. The translation that we're most familiar with is probably says, great gain, great gain, big salary, you know, 500,000 a year up, big salary, great gain, godliness with contentment. Because if you have the righteousness of Christ and you have your needs met, what do you need? Well, I'd like to travel. Hey, I would too. Uh, make enough money and take me with you, you know, or whatever. But you don't have to travel. And I'd like toys. Uh, Sign me up for a jet ski. But you don't have to have a jet ski. Okay? You see me? Okay. We need to learn to love without demanding a response. See, this is all Jesus stuff. All, all this stuff, Jesus did. Love without demanding a response. And I, I, I you know, I'm just like you. It's like, uh, well, that's the way you're going to be. Well, I'll just mark you off my little list. No, that's not the Lord Jesus. You see that? 
love without demanding a response. We need to learn to be ignored and misunderstood without going into self-pity. Uh, how you doing? Well, I mean, is that you or me? I, I've heard that before somewhere. I don't know. We give ourselves permission to whine when the Lord Jesus Christ has died for us. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are baptized in the Holy Spirit. We have all we need. And if somebody is ignoring us or misunderstanding us, I, I, was, I was dealing once with a deal. I can't even remember now what it was. Maybe it was rejection. I think it was rejection. I felt rejected by, by some people. And so I know all this stuff. And it's very near the surface of my mind. So I'm in prayer that same week that that happened, as I recall. And I'm saying, now, Lord, this little deal that happened to me doesn't count as real rejection. Jesus has suffered the real deal. So you work on me so that out of my heart is coming forgiveness, is coming joy, is coming love toward those people. And I don't want to fall into this pit a poor pitiful me. I don't like me when I'm pitiful. You don't like me when I'm pitiful. And so there it is. Let's just let's just keep that in mind because boy, that will set you free if you don't have to be understood or acknowledged. Ignored, misunderstood. If those are not one of your needs, or some of your needs, think how free you can be in the Lord Jesus. Is this making sense to you? Hallelujah. Here's a good one. Learning to recognize faults in others without judging or criticizing. I don't mind giving people the benefit of the doubt as long as I get to stick them every once in a while, you know, as I run by. Don't do that. <laughs> I try not to do that. If I do it, don't follow me then. <laughs> I'm not a good model. The Lord Jesus is the model. When he had all of this stuff going against him, he was praying for the ones who were doing it to him, namely crucifying him. And as those, as those nails were put through his hands, he was asking the Father to forgive these people. They didn't have a clue what they were doing. And some of them knew what they were doing around that circle that had turned him over to the Romans. They knew what they were doing, and he died for them too. That's scary, honey. That means... Well, it's not, it's not necessarily scary. That may be the most comforting thing in the whole evening. That means there's nothing that people can do to you that you can't turn over to the Lord and love them. Is that what that means? Because the chief priests and all of those 
rotten egg Pharisees. Jesus died for them too, bore their sins in his own body on the tree while they were jeering at him saying, if you are the son of God, come down. Then we'll believe you, which is a lie. But, you know, it was a great, it was a great jab trying to hurt somebody. This is, folks, this will set us free. What can people do to you? What can they do to you? It's like, well, that's a shame. I, I hate to see that. I have, I have seen in my own experience sometimes uh, on occasion when people jumped on me and, and actually were wrong, I, I get jumped on for my own stuff, you know, and just take my lumps. But there's been an occasion or two in my life when, when I was wrongly jumped on. That's a theological term. I was attacked wrongly. And when I didn't defend myself and just tried to stay in the spirit, tried to get in the prayer closet, get that forgiveness going, get that thing covered, then the Lord would take care of them. And it was a couple of times it's been like a good body slam. And I don't, I don't, I didn't want that. And I've heard myself saying when I thought people were kind of treating me badly in my mind, I would be saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Because the Lord may defend me. And if he does, he may be rougher than any of the rest of us. He's trying to save us, and so we know that he'll do whatever, it is, whatever is necessary to get our attention so that we can get right with him. Does that make sense to you? Dear one, if you don't defend yourself, the Lord said, vengeance is mine. I'll do it. I'll take care of it. Don't mess with the vengeance. That's mine. Now, when I started preaching as a kid preacher, they says, don't touch the gold, don't touch the glory, and don't touch the girls. <laughs> and after I studied the scripture a while, I added that V, don't touch vengeance. Don't touch the revenge business because that's God's too. He says, vengeance is mine. I will recompense. So when we stay out of the, the self-defense business in, in these relationships and so forth, the Lord then is released to do his thing, and he's trying to save. He's not trying to smack your enemy down. Jesus died for your enemy too, okay? He's not trying to smack down anyone. He's trying to lift them up. And when they have entered into his business, then he has more of a right, sort of like when somebody is praying for you. You know, there are people that are sinners that it's like they just, nobody cares, and it's like they can almost live their life and go to hell because nobody intercedes. And then there are people that pray, get prayed for, and they don't have a chance. The Lord is putting roadblocks all the time, and they may be really, really stubborn, but they're not tougher than God in most cases. You know, they just finally give in. And that's, I think, when people jump on his people, that may give the Father the right to get into their lives more as if someone were praying for them. I don't know that. That's just a thought. And if that's not accurate, 
vengeance is still his, he will take care of it. Um, Another thing is to learn to walk in holiness in this corrupt world. That's been an interesting thing as we have as we have learned not to superimpose our cultural expectations on the scripture and upon the church. And many of you are old enough to remember when uh, you couldn't go to the show if you were a member of our church. And I'm not sure that was a bad rule. It's just not in the scripture. Uh, The shows weren't worth seeing then any more than they are now. Um, And uh, if you go to the show, be very, very careful because some of that stuff can compromise certain personalities. There, there are shows that certain people can go to and they're just unaffected. And the next person goes to it and has a spiritual crisis and has to work their way back to good, solid faith and peace in their hearts. And it's the same show. And I don't understand that, but I know it's very, very true. And so uh, if you get a chance to go to the show, go see God's Not Dead. That's, that won't hurt you. And <laughs> there are occasionally, I know we went to see Sound of Music a good half a dozen times while it was still running first time in the theaters. Uh, there was a theater in Oklahoma City that just ran it for a year or two, and we go see it every once in a while, and that's a good show. But uh, th- we don't have that rule. can't go to shows. You know, if you go to a show... We're not going to call you on the carpet and say, you need to, we need to talk to you about the way you're living your life here for the Lord. That's not part of the deal. And I'm good with that because that, we need to be able to open the scripture and say, dear one, look, this is what we see. Did you do, the, did you do X, Y, Z? Here it is in the scripture. Can we help you with this? Can we strengthen your hand? Can we, you know, that's where we need to be is in the word, Okay. Otherwise, it's just my idea or yours, and they'll never agree. But if I've got the loudest voice, then you have to do mine and yours. So you're kind of ahead. But <laughs> so I'm glad about that. As we have gotten rid of some of that stuff, there's not very many boundaries. And so it's like, okay, um, well, what about going to the boats? Well, I can show you in Scripture about gambling, okay? That. That's don't. That's the word. But, uh, well, well, what about the shows? Well, it's like the theater, like the movies. If, you, if you're going to go to a stage show, is, what's it going to do to you spiritually? What's it going to do to your faith? And so forth. There's all, all these kind of questions. Now, so you can get really uptight and let's don't do that. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord. Can we just look at Jesus just and say, Lord, what are you saying here? I want to be so full of joy. I want to be so full of peace. And if I can't do something because it might mess with somebody else's faith, I'm good with that, Lord. But more than anything else, and if you have to be kind of narrow-minded with yourself, with yourself, err on the narrow-minded stuff, but don't look to that stuff for any credit with God. (laughs) Because He knows your heart. 
So look to him to fill you with peace, fill you with joy, and make you a powerful minister of his life. Because if we're looking like Jesus, there's a really good chance that we have him in our hand and can take him and just pour him on this next person who is in so much trouble, the one that's giving you such a bad time. They need Jesus. And you may not be able to give it through words or through a loving act. You may have to do it all in the prayer closet. But however that works, just do it. And uh, if you ever, ever get acclaimed publicly, remaining humble in the face of that is a big deal. And the Lord Jesus Christ is interested in us succeeding. Now, in in church history, where the church has prospered most, it's been under pretty serious persecution. Pretty serious persecution. And it just grow and grow and grow and, and miracles and all that stuff. It's happening all over the world today in hard areas of the gospel. The one, the one thing that the church, the one test the church has never passed is prosperity. Never passed it. It's always backslidden. And it's had, a, it's had a hammering effect on our spiritual life in the U.S. So the Lord's Church worldwide is under pressure, and it's prospering, and it's doing great. In the U.S., um, we're, we're doing what we can to make it look good, but the, the release of the miracles and the power of God though very real, are not as, these, these miracles are not proliferating as much as we would love to see and as much as we really need. Well, what do we do? Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the only answer. Only answer is, Lord, I'm, I'm not hungry. I have enough to pay the, all the bills I had 10 bucks left last month. I've got more than I need. I don't want to backslide. And he'll say, let's, let's just walk together or something like that. Let's walk together. Let's be close, just get closer and closer. Act like you're not prospering. Just act like he is all that you want and all that you need. Now, I have listed these things, and there are a number of other things that we could have put on this list. And I want you to, to take a few minutes tonight before we, before we dismiss. Matter of fact, I'm not going to have a formal dismissal, but I would like for you to just have a place of prayer and say, Lord, I need to talk to you. And if none of these things hit you at all, then say, Lord, Show me what my deal is. And if, if one or more of these things hit you, talk to the Lord about that and just humble yourself. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will lift you up. And we will be better equipped, looking more like Jesus. It's pretty exciting, pretty exciting to think about showing up in heaven with the glory of God in us as a lifestyle, we have tried our best to just stay out of God's way 
and cooperate with what he's doing in our hearts and lives and through us. And when we show up there, it's going to be well done, honey. And that's pretty exciting. And I don't, I'm not doing this for the rewards, but I'm looking forward to the reward. You know, we don't live for the rapture, but I'm looking forward to the rapture. These are the promises of God and they are coming true. So let's, let's prepare our hearts more and more for that as we go along week after week. As long as the Lord tarries or we stay on this earth, let's, let's just keep that look. May we stand.